Welcome in 406th and goal crew. This is your host, Nick Arakaki, with... With Aiden Hatch. <laughs> introduce me. Uh, yes, I'll introduce Aiden this week because he is the champion. He is the That's champion right. of our bench warmers, our little home league that we got here for big money on the line. That's right. Aiden clutched up and he won the whole thing. Barely. It was the it was dude, it was it was a championship game to remember though. Sure was. It was back and forth all day. I mean, I can't remember the last time that uh I've seen a championship game that was actually a good close one. I know. Did Sienna beat you really bad last year? I can't remember. Yeah, she did uh beat me by like thirty or forty. Oh gosh. Yeah, I think I think I won by nine. Dang, not bad. No. But anyways, uh, how'd you uh, how'd you do it? How'd you win this whole thing? I don't know, man. I think I think a lot of it is luck. I think a lot of luck goes into fantasy at times. Um, playing against Justin Jefferson was very scary at the beginning, and then the best receiver in the game finishes with two and a half fantasy points. Yeah, that was pretty big. Um, and then just really hitting the waivers. I was. I thought I was for sure done when um, Jalen Hurts went down. He carried my team all year. And then um, Jared Goff was a nice pickup for me. Ooh, um, clutch. Why'd you go with Jared compared to everybody else on the waivers? I don't know. It was it was actually a gut feeling <laughs> more than anything. I had a, I picked up Derek Carr first. And he was sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. And as the waiver went through, I like immediately dropped him yeah. and added Goff. And that was even sketchy for me. I was like even scared there because um, the second round I was playing, the team I was playing had um, Almond Raw. Mm. That's so right. I was just like, oh, this could be, this could be gutsy. And it worked out. He had three touchdowns, I think, that game. Yep. And then Almond Raw didn't do much, so that won me. And then the next week he looked just phenomenal against uh, Chicago. Yeah, um, I have a feeling that golf won a lot of leagues this year. I think so. He was a he was a nice, uh, it's a surprising ad, and I I just I did luck out with Derek Carr. I didn't really. I had him last year for I had to use him a lot last year, and just never did much. And then just the benching and everything just kind of happened a couple of days after that. Yep. So that was really lucky for me. Um, now a big thing that uh, I know it's a big trend going around. People want to know what was your team. Can you uh, list off the team for the listeners? You want me to? Well, everybody? Yep. Or at least your uh, your main starters. Okay, so my main starters were... So I had Jalen Hurts for most of the year, but my championship team was starting quarterback with Jared Goff. Um, and then my RB1 and RB2 were, were Saquon that I got in the middle of the year through trade. And then I drafted Ken Walker and just sat on him for like just the half the year first six weeks or whatever it was and just knew i knew rashad penny was going to get hurt so i just like i'm never dropping him no yep. matter what so that turned into a, a good rb2 for me and then my receivers were immaculate <laughs> i had um not the best though or not the best that we had in our league but i mean probably second best i had uh mm-hmm. you still there yep oh sorry okay i had um so i drafted jalen waddle in like the fifth round, which was a good a good pickup, um, and then traded for AJ Brown to have with Jalen Hurts. So I had that stack. 
Yep. And then towards the last like third of the year, I got um, I got CD Lamb for pretty cheap. So my receivers were CD Lamb, AJ Brown, and Jalen Waddle. Beautiful. Um, and then I I rode with um, Gerald Everett pretty much the whole year at tight end, That's and right. then he just kind of just took a huge dip the last few weeks. So I risked it and started um, Darren Waller, who had a good game. Yep. I think he had like three catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, big time. He had his so first like, touchdown since I think week one. Yeah, so that was that was, um, that was gutsy. And, I was, and the, only, the only reason I started him was actually because Stidham was playing. <laughs> I, I, it, seems, it seems like every backup that plays um, just likes to throw to those tight ends. Yeah, it's true. It's a good so safety. So I kind of took a risk there, and it worked. And then um, flex, flex kind of just it really varied on just like matchups. But um, I think I just I really rode with um, Isaiah Pacheco for the most part. Um, just once he started getting con- uh, pretty consistent, like fifteen carries a game. Um, there'd be times I started Swift, and he would do nothing, and I put him on my bench, and then he would get thirty, which happened last week. But, That's right. Um, that didn't really matter. And then, like, I think kicker, I just took Butker because the Chiefs score a lot. And then defense was just um, – I had the Giants this last week because I knew that Foles was starting. Yeah, um, smart. But, I mean, that was always that was always matchups that changed every week. Yeah. Man, so, yeah, that's a that's a championship team, listeners. That's what it looks like. And uh, it's a, that's a pretty solid team. And going forward next year, are there's any of those guys that – are must-haves, you have to have them back on your team? Mm-hmm. Nope. Are there, are there any guys I want my team, you mean? Yeah. Do you, are any of those you guys is a must-have on your team next year? Um, I don't know if a lot of those guys are must-haves because I think they've – I'm trying to think of – I'm trying to think of one guy on that team that – You couldn't replace? Yeah, or I mean, they've all they've all exceeded expectations, so they're all going to get drafted higher. You know. Yeah, for the most part. So I like I like my value picks. I mean, it would be nice to have Hertz again or like AJ Brown, but that's going to be like Waddle's going to get drafted higher. Those all those guys are going to get drafted higher. Oh yeah, big time. If they're not already like, big time picks. Like I bet I think Ken Walker will probably be second, third round. Saquon will be first. CD and AJ will be end of first, beginning of second, I'm sure. I mean, maybe Isaiah Pacheco is, he's going to jump up a bunch too, but it's like, I don't know if any of those guys are. Pacheco's definitely a dynasty must have. mm -hmm. So I don't know if any of them are must haves. I kind of like to pick the guys that I see turning into something rather than who already are established. And maybe that's gutsy, but that's kind of, that's kind of what you got to do. Right on. Man, I mean, there you have it, folks. That's uh, that's Aiden's championship kind of week and this whole season. A lot of ups and downs. Started off, you know, pretty decent. Hit some midway turbulence. Kind of up and down there at the end, but really stuck it out once you made it to the playoffs. It was it's all she wrote. Dude, it, was, it felt good. I made it in as it, it really came down to the last – the last week yeah it came down to the last week it, for you the last game i made it as the the final seed the sixth seed and then beat the first seed 
and then the third seed. Wow, it's a real, it's a real storybook ending there. That's right. I wouldn't have written it any better, but I mean, next year, I it's gonna be a tough road next year. That's for sure. Is it though? I don't know if it is. There's a huge target on your back. Nobody's gonna cut you any breaks. David's definitely not trading with you next year. Oh, David, I'll trade. <laughs> I'll trade with people. People, people, people trade if they think it's a good trade. David thought it was a good trade. He's not just not gonna trade with me thinking that I'm. Just because he doesn't want to. It's gonna, if he thinks it's a good trade, he'll trade. Well, next year, maybe some of you listeners will get the opportunity to trade with Aiden and get to experience the wrath and the relentless pressure that he puts on you. And, That's right. Uh, yeah, Nick, I mean, it'll Nick be exciting. Knows how it feels. Yep, I know how it feels. And, you know, I can strike that fear into anybody just as good as Aiden. Maybe even better. That's right, because who, who did I get from you in the trades? Um... Uh, let's, let's not talk about it. We have to move into this next segment, and that is the weight of the position. Now, this segment, uh, we're going to go through a list top five, pretty much, of where do we think the positions, quarterback, running back, tight end, and wide receiver, where have they moved in importance and value of uh, the players, where they're drafted, last year's ADP to this next coming up season, and everything in between, we want to know uh, just what happened this season and where they move in terms of just how valuable they are. So in the flex, starting with number five, <clears throat> you can fill the flex, as most people know, with either a wide receiver, tight end, or running back. And my takeaway is that that position has got to be filled with a wide receiver. And that is because they give you the most opportunity at points, especially if you're in a PPR league. And the depth of wide receivers are insane. And I'll get into that a little bit more when we actually get on to the wide receiver position. But they are just, there's too many good ones that can give you a 15-point game that you can you know, necessarily count on. And so I'd say the flex next year, uh, unless it's like a very special situation where my draft falls that way i'm i'm flexing in a wide receiver so that means i'm taking a wide receiver in the fifth or sixth round and um maybe even fourth round depending on how the first you know the top top four draft picks went but for flex i'm going with wide receiver next year all right so for my number five um just in positions as i guess the the least important it really depends on where um, where you're drafting at, um, but I'm actually going to say tight end. Um, it's Kelsey. We've said it before. It's Kelsey and nobody else. So I mean, in one of my rounds, I'm picking towards the the end of the first. So it's like there's a chance that Kelsey won't be there. Mm-hmm. So I really think that if you don't take Kelsey, then you can really wait until the very end to pick somebody. Um, because it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, Dallas Goddard will get you some points. We've seen that um, Dalton Schultz can get you some points. But really where they're being drafted at is where, like, a lot of good receivers are still getting drafted at. Yep. Um, and then it's like Dalton Schultz, he got, you, he got you, like, almost 30 this last few weeks. But then any other given week, he can get you, like, six. And it's yep. really, like, it's really 
hit or miss with the tight end group. So if I'm not getting Kelsey, I'm waiting till the end. So I think that's why it's it's there for me as like the the least valuable. It's like it could it could it could go from probably the most valuable to the least valuable depending mm-hmm. on if you get Kelsey or not. Yep, that's how it all really works out. <laughs> but um, let's see, number four for me, uh, running backs are gonna uh, they've dropped pretty much in in from last year to this year in my estimate. I'd probably, I'd rather kind of ride it out with a starter, in my mind, of a because there's thirty what thirty two teams right, yeah, thirty two teams. There's a starting running back, for I mean every single league, but about I'd say, I'd say maybe ten of those teams they split carries with a running back behind them, so you're looking at twenty two teams that have a sole running back. And, of course, there's injuries and all that. But the top tier of running backs, those are you have to get within that first five picks. After that, I think you could get a similar value at a second-round running back with a fifth, sixth-round, fourth-round running back maybe, depending who's there. You could take a chance on a rookie. We saw with uh, Sienna's team, your wife's team, she had two rookie running backs and then loaded up on receivers. So I think yep. that route will be a lot more appealing this time around, this next year in the draft. And so in my in my mind, I think the running backs are they're four. They're just above the flex position. And I think it's just because it's such a high-scoring, wide receiver, quarterback-driven league. Now, like all the best teams in the league that are in the playoffs have a really good quarterback and talent at wide receiver. <laughs> and so... I'd say that those are running backs are taking a slight hit in terms of value unless you find the right guy. But that's the thing about running backs. I think you can dig and find the right guy if you do enough research. If you do your homework, you can get a Rashad White, you know, next year in the sixth round probably or something that gets slept on. Who knows, depending on what goes on in the offseason. But I think running backs, I'm not as worried about them. So they've lost in my eyes. What's your number four? I have running back as well, um, the exact same reasons. Um, and like we said last week, you see a lot of these, the top 10 running backs this year, only like three of them were graded like or found in like in the first round for the most part. Um, like Josh Jacobs, fourth, fifth round, like all these other guys. Yep. Um, Jacobs, Barkley was a second round, Pollard not even on most people's boards. Right, and I think I think at this point the only two running backs that I would want to take in the first round would be McCaffrey or Eckler, and they'll be gone in the top three picks. Yep. Um, other than that, like I don't even care. I'm I'm sending it. I'm drafting mid range. I'll I'll go zero RB, maybe yeah. zero RB or the heroes RB strategy. So like, either I'm I'm taking just some sleepers mm-hmm. and um, some handcuffs and hoping not hoping for injuries, but just see what happens yep and uh or maybe i'll take like uh maybe i'll take like a travis etn and then somebody late in the late in the rounds who i think could potentially get a starting spot um yeah that's an interesting uh strategy i like that one it's where you take one running back maybe round three like a decent one and then just forget about running backs until the end you know get the other guys 
And I mean, there there were some good running backs who were found this year, at least in the end of the <clears> drafts, <throat> or yep, um, even undrafted. Like, I mean, Rashad, not uh, Rashad White was like decent. I think depending on what happens to Fournette, he Jarek could be a McKinnon, huge, um, play. Jarek McKinnon was massive. Jamal Williams, was, Jamal Williams, uh, Ken Walker, um, like all these guys not drafted. And I mean, even even like I said, Josh Jacobs was he was a he was picked pretty late, um, all things considered. Yep. Um, and I mean, there there were a couple of receivers, but it's like I think I'll just take my chances with it's a passing league. I'll take my chances with these with these receivers and get like a get like a uh, I don't know like a Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, and like Garrett Wilson lineup or something like that. Yeah. Like, because if you're That's there at the turn where you're going to be at number 12, you can load up, bang, bang, two stud receivers just like that. That's, that's right. And I think that's probably what I'm going to do. And then just maybe if there's one there's one thing I've learned in fantasy, and it's like you just pick pick the guys you like and just send it. Like yep. don't You don't always have to listen to the experts. And it's like it, it did work out well for me. And... Um, like you could be wrong, but it's gonna feel a lot worse with you picking against your gut and be and then prove yourself like your gut was right. You yeah. Know? Oh, nothing worse. Nothing and like worse. I did that drafting last year with like DJ Moore, and I drafted Terry. I'm like, well, they fell to me, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, I swear they did that. I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. On this next position, that the gut choices. This is a big one, and number three mm-hmm. for me is quarterbacks. Uh, the quarterback position it uh it rose actually I've last year I'd say I've put that around four I feel like QB is not something that you must have early it's something that you could wait or you could kind of move with how the draft is moving once they kind of start to fall then you kind of take them but they've rose in my estimate and that is because I don't think there is that much of a a break between the tiers between uh you know Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen and uh, uh Hertz and Burrow you could even put in there maybe but there isn't that I much of a a gap between them and what Kirk Cousins has been doing this year or what Jared Goff has been doing this year what Justin Fields has been doing this year all these different quarterbacks that are coming in and giving you a solid 16 points a game that I am fine with if I have studs wrapped around in wide receiver and running back. And so the QB, I think, is a little bit heavier. You'd think that'd make it drop more because there's more option. But I think that um, <clears throat> that everybody's got weapons, and so you can play the QB game of not having that crazy dual-threat quarterback because there's more of them. There's more of them. Bryce Young's going to be a starter. C.J. Stroud's going to be a starter. <clears throat> will Levis will probably be a starter. I mean, there's these quarterbacks that are coming in that will be starters that can move. And so, I don't know. I think it would be interesting. But I think you can reach in that second-round QB. You could, I'm fine with that. Or I'm not going to get a fourth, fifth, sixth-round QB. I'm either reaching at second round or I'm getting a sixth or seventh-round QB. What's your theory? Yeah, I think I think um, I'm pretty similar on that. I do have quarterback there. Um, I think could you kind of look at it like half, uh, like almost like half glass, 
glass half empty or whatever, not half glass empty, that's not a thing. Glass half empty of like, uh, almost like taking the <laughs> negative, like court, there's so many quarterbacks, but almost I see it as like, there, there are those quarterbacks out there that could get you 25, like Jared Goff did it, but also Jared Goff that this year got, got you six. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are guys who can do it. That's the risk you take in taking a six-round quarterback. But there's there's only a handful of guys who do it consistently. And I think we've only got, like, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a Mahomes, it's Allen, it's Hurts, it's Burrow now. But, I mean, there's there's also those guys out there that I think had had down years who I'm willing to risk on next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's, like, a, I think Lamar's going to drop um, I think Trevor Lawrence is still going to be drafted, underdrafted. Um, oh yeah, Jimmy G. Even, you, J- Jimmy <laughs> Tua. Uh, I don't really care about Jimmy or Tua. I'm kind of looking for these younger guys who Justin, who, who have the tools and the pedigree. Like I think, I think Trevor. I think. Uh, I mean, even maybe Tua. I think his concussions scare me. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I had the quarterback at three because it's like I think it is important. Um, and if there's someone that I like that's in the round that I like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take them. Um, but I'm not like I'm not so worried about taking them in the first three rounds. But I'll probably I probably won't take one later than the fifth, like I did this year. Yeah. I mean, um, think so about like last of- year, Sienna won with Matthew Stafford. He went off, and this year, you know, nothing. So that's another name. That's <laughs> like could come back and win you a league, because he's phenomenal when he's on. But he had that nasty elbow, but like right. bugging him this whole year. So I mean, there's so many different variables to the quarterback position, but yeah, there's only a few that can give you a consistent twenty to twenty-five every week or more. And I and I guess I guess how I I pick is like I'm I'm looking for the guy that I think the next guy that's going to do it. Yeah. Like, everyone's just going to want to take the guy. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll just, this guy's really good. I'm going to take him. And it's like, I'd much rather risk it and trying to get a guy who I think could be that much later. Yeah. It's a good so that's point. That's why I have that three. I think it's, I think there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's not so, um, like scarce as a lot of people think it is. I think, um, you can find some good value there. Just got to kind of find a guy who you think, um, can make a leap. Mm-hmm. There are a handful of guys that I do think next year will do that. Yeah. And so number two now. And for me, I have the tight end position. And uh, just like Aiden said earlier, it's interesting because it's the value is solely based on Travis Kelsey. Because like we talked about last week, it's just like adding a wide receiver to your tight end spot. Nothing different. Just consistency, points, so there will be a huge scrum in that first round for Kelsey, and I bet I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised it's round or round one like pick six through twelve he's gone, and um, mm-hmm. but if so if I'm around pick six through twelve I'm seriously considering him, and then taking a receiver right afterwards, but if mm-hmm. I don't get Kelsey I'm probably waiting to take a tight end till rounds nine through twelve like I. I am not worried about it because this year we've had, I think, three of the top ten tight ends were on the waivers last year <laughs> for the most part. Evan Ingram was one of them. Taysom Hill was one of them. 
Juwan Johnson was one of them, all on waivers. So, I mean, there's that's in the top 10. So, I mean, and you're not really getting a difference between number two and number eight. <laughs> and so if I feel like if I don't have Kelsey and he's not in my draft order where I have a good shot at uh, like realistically taking him based on the value, I'm going to take him. But if not, then I'm taking a tight end in round 9 through 12. And that's why I place it at number two is because Kelsey is that big of a, a deal this next year. And I'm excited to see all the all the interesting draft boards that develop from uh, somebody taking Kelsey at number six and leaving, you know, Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs on the board or mm. something like that. Because it, it all trickles down the line, which means in that second round, there's going to be options for you that you never really thought you had. So I think just his massive impact on the tight end position will affect drafts this next year, which makes it a very valuable position. It is a valuable position. This is finally where me and you, I think, well, I guess we did disagree on this, but I think um, just our positions on the two that we swapped are huge with you having your five as a flex. My number two most important position is the flex. Mm. <laughs> I'm dead serious, dude. Don't be surprised if next year, around August, I have four receivers taken in the first six rounds. Yeah, not surprising at all. I don't think I don't think that's dumb. No, I, I'd much rather do that and just take maybe a high upside running back who could maybe get me ten points and then get a bunch of guys who are getting me twenty plus. Yeah. Um, so I think I think um, having five, I almost just say five is like a or. I don't know why I said five. My, you had flex at five. Sorry. Um, my number two most important position. I don't think it's. I don't think it's crazy to have another receiver. It's almost like my number two position that I'm. I'm listing here is wide receiver B. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's just an extra receiver just to, just to throw in there. Um, and I mean, it helps when bye weeks come around, mm-hmm. uh, when your star receiver's out. But it's like you can have an absolutely healthy lineup. Um, that's right. With just receivers stacked. I mean, that's that's what I think a lot of these championship teams look like. We're just stud receiver after stud receiver. Yeah. Um, the only hole you can powers. get into is just being in that running back hole. If you only have one star running back and he gets hurt, then you're a little screwed. I know. Yeah, exactly. It's like these. We see these running backs get hurt a lot more, which is why I think it's just. I think a lot of people look at it as like, oh, running backs get hurt more, so I need to load up on running backs. And it's like, you know what? Like, the fact that running backs get hurt more, I'll just load up on receivers and just see how that does. I've never done that before, but I, I was thinking about doing it last year. I think I'm actually going to do it this year where it's a passing league. I'll just get some, yeah, like I said, some stud receivers and maybe a couple of guys who are like goal line backs and just yeah. see what happens. Which leads right to the first, or I guess you could say 1A for Aiden, and the number one position for both of us, which is the wide receiver. And as we've seen, it is so valuable to have a number one on a team. I mean, if you just go through all the number ones on teams, each one of them you would want on your team, which is kind of why pretty much wide receivers number one through 20 in the PPR standings, they're all guys I want on my team. All of them are studs. All of them can give you a 
like 25 points, all of them can like give you a baseline of 10. And so it's just that those kinds of points are hard to come by on a week-to-week basis. The teams that went, you know, only had one loss or went undefeated are teams that had a ton of wide receivers, just like Aiden said. And there's so many reasons why. Right? The team, your your whole team's depth, you can fill four spots up with wide receivers, which is massive. Some leagues only do two wide receivers, some do three, it depends. But regardless, you can fill up a whole team with just wide receivers. Uh, there's so many of them. You can get a wide receiver in off of waivers outperform for you if you just do enough research. Uh, mm-hmm. And then two is trade pieces. People get desperate, as we saw this year. Everybody will send trades for your studs. And uh, once one injury takes place, that domino falls, and, man, people are desperate for those elite ones. So those are just nice to have, just to have in your possession for when you need to trade for a running back that got hurt or your quarterback's out for the year and you need to trade for something like that. Wide receivers are the most valuable pieces to have because they'll fetch you the most in return. And then uh, three is for your own, just replacing your own team, just because you know that if you have four wide receivers that are starting and with these new concussion things, like they take one shot and then they're out for one game. So it's just nice to have a good backup like uh, Nico Collins or something or, you know, some kind of like – like a two on another team, a trail on Burks just on your bench, things like that. You know, these are all guys that will produce even when you don't expect them to. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of value in the wide receivers, and I think everybody is kind of hopping on the train of this passing league, and that that's the those are the guys you need. Why is wide receiver so important to you? We've already mentioned so much of the same thing, but can't stress it enough. That's right. Just like you said, passing league. Um, I, I think that's really it. Passing league and the fact that there are so many um, like just running backs out there that 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 aren't reliable. I mean, other than like Eckler and McCaffrey who are getting you all those catches. Yep. There's That's the um, only people that are... Touchdown dependent. It's literally just those two. Those are the only two more important people than your top 20 wide receivers <laughs> are like Eckler right. and McCaffrey. And that's why they're taking I mean, one and two. And and they'll get you they'll get you 20 points without getting a touchdown even. Yeah. And like the touchdown will be the icing on the cake, but then you got Derrick Henry. It's like he'll get you a lot of he'll get you like 80 yards, but like no catches and it's like you're really wanting that touchdown. Yeah, and you got 8 um, points or or him to get 40 carries. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's like CD Lamb. Last couple of weeks, was it last week or the week before? He had like, I think it was just last week. He it was had like both of them. Eleven catches for a hundred yards, and like that's twenty-one points right there. Yeah, no, I know. I was just or, about, I was just thinking about that, like how big of CD, like he's a great, um, I guess, a tool to see because he doesn't score all the time, but his just volume is so insane that he gets you twenty points a game even when he doesn't score or has a bad game. <laughs> Right, it's and crazy. That's, that's the type of that's the type of players I want. Like, yeah. Like or like, like Jefferson, right? Yeah. Like he, he had against the Colts, he had next to nothing that first half, and then the second half he got thirty fantasy points. Like you don't really see that often from running backs. No. Unless they're catching the ball. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think that's why I I like I like receivers. Nice. Um, 
And I think I think you can even make an argument that their floor is higher than a lot of these running backs are. You know, like. Oh yeah. I think I'd, I like. Like Saquon's boomer bust, but like how boomer bust really is like a CD Lamb or like a, like a Tyree Kill. Like they'll have their bad games, but it's like they're never. They're never gonna. They're stink never just you. gonna get shut down like a running the running game really could. Yeah, yeah. Because if it depends, it, you never know. The, most teams nowadays, the scoring is just so back and forth that people need to pass, mm-hmm. and so you you can count on points from your receiver. Let's get into our right. next next segment here since we're scrunched um who should be eyed on for next year that you know had a had a slump year people forgetting about them like uh mm-hmm. you know if a guy that comes to mind um kind of like a hunter renfro like uh, he's not really the best example maybe uh, uh deontay johnson like guys mm-hmm. that really are you don't talk about them at all. They're never in any fantasy podcast like talks. And if they are, they're briefly, you know, shrugged off or ignored. There's a lot of these guys out there that had a down year this year that can have you know, that has shown and has proven to be prominent and can like take a a team to the next level. So who are some of those guys do you think that we should maybe keep in the back of our head? Um So for one, I don't think it's not fair to say he had a slump year. I think he's definitely slept on because he didn't play at all last year. What we were talking about him is is once again Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Um, he balled out with for he balled out when he was on um, Atlanta, and then just that last year he played was kind of just like looked okay, wasn't like living up to the hype quite yet, and then just got suspended for the last year or two. Yep. Um, or I guess it was just his whole season. No, whole it season. was last season and this season, yeah. wasn't it? Part of last Cause season. Because he, he, he quit for his mental health, too. Yeah. And then he got suspended. Yeah. Um, um, but I think I, he has all the tools to be the one. I think Christian Kirk is really good. I don't think he's as talented as Calvin Ridley at all. No, um, you could even say Zay Jones Cal- is better than Christian Kirk. Right, and I think I think Calvin Ridley has all the talent to um, help Trevor make that leap. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think anyone can deny that he has just as much talent as any of these other guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh Allen, we saw he's super talented, but um, he really needed he really needed Stephon Diggs to take that next leap. Yeah. Right, and Jalen Hurts is really talented, but he really needed A.J. Brown to take that next leap. Yeah. Um, and although Ridley might not be um, as talented as A.J. Brown or Diggs, I'm not saying that. Um, I think he does have enough talent to help um, take Trevor to that next step. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think both of those guys will help each other out because um, Trevor is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan, yeah. especially at this point in his career. I just thought and, of a really good one. And, and I mean, and Ridley, Ridley is a better receiver than Trevor's. Trevor's had yeah. in the last few years too. It's true, but we also haven't seen him, so you, you don't know. That's You're true. taking a chance. You haven't seen him in a long time, and look how Deshaun played after we haven't seen him mm-hmm. in a while. It took him a, quite a few games to get into it. He had a decent game I know, last but, week. I mean, that's the risk I'm willing to take. Yeah, very true. What about you, who you got? Uh, I think that uh, a name that should be kind of looked out for is K.J. Osborne, actually. And it's not because I'm a Vikings homer, but I... 
I his contract is coming up, and he's going to be a free agent, and he could be a a solid two or a one on a team without Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. The Vikings wouldn't get rid of Thielen just because he's the Minnesota guy and he's kind of like a leader on that team. But KJ Osborne has shown that he's a, he's like a solid wide receiver, and I think that he'll go to a team that needs one, maybe like Atlanta or something like that or somewhere else that needs a receiver. But I think he's a guy that could be interesting. I think uh, Mike Williams could be interesting next year. He also has not had a good year, been injured for a good portion of it. And I right. I guarantee you Brandon Staley is gone if they lose in the playoffs. We'll see. Because I don't think the Chargers will win their first game. I doubt it. But I think that Mike Williams will have a he'll, – he'll be a decent pickup next year because he'll be super cheap. People are not going to be taking right. him as high as they did. Um, who was another one? Oh, um, I got – yeah, I think. What do you think about Javante uh, Williams? I don't know if he'll be slept on necessarily because I bet he'll be talked about a ton leading up to the draft. You and, think so? Well, I mean, he's just such a stud running back. People know his name, and they had such high hopes for him this year. I think Javante's a guy that everybody's trying to like hush hush about because they want him. <laughs> right, but I think it is scary that he is on the Broncos, who are terrible. Yeah, but he he yeah. makes the, he played on that same team like that same line and everything and like he's that good of a running back. Yeah. So I don't think the Broncos I mean, are is, necessarily he is terrible. Also coming off that ACL, which is a bit scary, but yeah, and the Broncos just did great against the Chiefs, like without <laughs> Hackett. <laughs> I mean, Russell <laughs> sucks, but that's the best thing about Javante. He doesn't need Russell to be good. Um, but he is definitely actually, forgot about because it happened so early on. Yeah. Yeah, I think though I think my other guy, who who had a slump um, this year, who I think could have a great year next year, is um, actually a guy who I've was not high on at all this year, but it's actually Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just too good, and I think he is going to drop. And I think people are just like, "Oh, he's washed." But um, he, he was throwing the ball to nobodies for a majority of the year. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you saw him like he was he was playing pretty well when Bateman was actually out there. Like, yeah, the first four absurd, weeks, absurd games. Um, but I mean, you look at it next year. Like J.K. Dobbins is back, and like he actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Bateman will hopefully be healthy. Um, Andrews will be healthy, and then it's like maybe if they had another receiver in the draft, that could be something. Or yeah, I've seen some um, people. The Ravens are taking stars. What's that? I I saw in a bunch of mock drafts already that the Ravens looks like they are going to take a receiver. Right. Or I've even seen, like, he's a free agent. Like, someone could fork him over some good money. Um, And I've seen, like, a lot of people are are speculating that the Jets could do that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he would be absolutely nasty on the Jets. Yeah, that would be a pretty solid place to play. He would have he would have Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, and it's like Garrett Wilson. He he's kind of he's a better receiver. I think he has more talent than Marquise Brown does. Better hands for sure. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's only it's only his first year, and Brown's done some pretty crazy things. But I mm-hmm. mean, as far as talent goes, I don't think he's any less talented. No. And then he's got Brees Hall, who's one of the best up-and-coming running back. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's it's interesting just to keep an eye on him, see if uh, 
that Baltimore sets him up for success. And if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go somewhere else. Yeah, very true. Hey, man, there's there's quite a few guys, and especially once we get into our kind of leading up to the draft next season, you know, it's we're going to be really digging out the the gold from amongst the dirt, some guys that right. you are not thinking of that could have big names because I'm realizing more and more there's a lot of these wide receivers that I did not like coming into this year that I should have liked, <laughs> and there's a lot of them, including running backs too. But I mean, you know, speaking of the season, it's it's come to a close. So you know, we got what do we do now? What are what's kind of on our agenda here at four six and goal coming up with this season coming to a wrap? Oh man, we've we've been laboring <laughs> trying to think of more things to talk about. Um, not think of more things to talk about, but think about how we're going to go about it because mm-hmm. there's always a lot to talk about. Oh um, yeah. So. For one, I think we, we are going to do that. Uh, we going to do a tournament challenge, you think? Yeah, the playoff challenge. That's right, a playoff yeah. challenge or some sort of waiver. I think that would be sweet. Um, but I mean, as after the season, it's like, it's I, I, I think I like the off season just as much as the, the actual season. I just get so like hyped up for like the next year and like yep. what's going to happen, who, who the Pats are going to draft. And like all this crazy stuff. I mean, the Senior Bowl's fun. I love. I absolutely love the combine and just the drafts. Um, so I mean, we're still gonna be talking about that. I think talking about guys who to keep an eye out for um, as a combine happens, or like who who runs a good forty, or who bench this or does that. Like yeah. some athletic freaks who we think could possibly become fantasy relevant in the league, or big trades that happen throughout this the the off season or whatnot yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna still talk about that and there's there's a lot of fantasy speculation um i think a big one though will be we'll talk about um just each team a little bit more in depth as um after the draft yep and like who big uh uh big, big names who were signed elsewhere or uh like hyped up draftees or something mm-hmm. um and just kind of what each team needs and what they're looking forward to that's right so i mean we'll have a we'll have a good bit of stuff to oh talk yeah about and uh kind of we'll just wrap this up here with we want to let you guys the listeners know if you've made it this far into the the episode that we are going to be starting our own dynasty league and that is for the listeners for us to just uh, something that we get to play each year, uh, fantasy football that never ends. It's a 365 kind of league, and we've we've never been a part of a dynasty league, and we've been really wanting to get started. But we wanted to do it with uh, some friends, and we wanted to try and throw it out there to try and get a full squad here from our listeners. So if you would like to get into the dynasty league, uh, just email us with your sleeper username at 406thandgoal at gmail.com. That's 406thandgoal at gmail.com. We wanna, we definitely want to see you guys in there. Uh, it's going to be 12-man league. Uh, we'll do more if we get more for sure because with Dynasty you can have, I think up to 14 is kind of nice when it comes to Dynasty. It's nice mm-hmm. to have a little bit more people 
just because you want to have those extra spots for uh, incoming rookies and like dudes that are down on the depth chart that could be some become something. That's where the managerial side of Dynasty is fun, is scouting ahead for the year to come. So we would like to get that started, and as soon as we have at least 12, we will start a draft and I will schedule a day and all that. But uh, so far we have three people, uh, me, Aiden, <laughs> and uh, another close friend of ours that is in for Dynasty, so we at least need nine more. So please email us with a sleeper username, and uh, yeah, we'll get back to you, and we'll get you in the league. And uh, lastly, Aiden, can you shout out our our special uh, <laughs> reviewee? That's right. Um, yeah, we just want to thank uh, Ricky Stamath. I think Maybe that's Stamath. your last name. Um, he was our first five-star review, our first review, yep. um, and it doesn't go unnoticed. It was super encouraging. Um, we actually just saw it, so we apologize for uh, saying thank you so late. But, um, yeah, it hyped us both up. We were just pumped. We are just like, man, we just got to make some more some more content, at least for, for Ricky. So That's right. It doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah, at least we know that our it's not just our mom and dad listening, but we actually got right. our, our family, um, other people. So if you could, just if you have other friends who who enjoy this type of stuff, uh, point them our way. Um, yeah. And just get them listening just for some, some good football content. That's right. And uh, lastly, just for some, uh, this is the last episode of season one starting next week or... Once we get back together, Aiden, obviously, as you can hear, is still on the phone. Once we get back together, we are going to be recording, and uh, we are going to be trying to stream it and then putting it up on YouTube. And so we're going to have the show live, all that good stuff. And um, so, yeah, we have a lot to look forward to for this year, this next season coming up. And uh, we're excited that you guys get to be a part of it. Well, That's right. We thank you. Anything, any last words? I don't think so. No. Alrighty. Well, this is the 406th and Gold Crew, and uh, we are signing off.